As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletics, dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Wednesday today. Boy, I'm glad we waited. Allison Lucan is here. Hello, Allison. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Lots to uh, discuss and write about in Blue Jackets land. We kind of had that inkling um, that, that big stuff's coming, and I'm not sure that they're done, to be honest with you. But big news yesterday, the Blue Jackets trade Josh Anderson to the Montreal Canadiens for Max Domi and a third-round pick in this year's draft. It'll be number 78. Uh, They'll be getting after that later today when the second round of the NHL draft begins. Uh, Later in the day, the Blue Jackets held on to their 21st pick and made a bit of a surprise, uh, selecting Russian right-winger Yegor Chinikov uh, at number 21. Uh, highly skilled player, highly surprising pick, and we'll get to that uh, later in the podcast. But let's start with the big news, uh, the big trade, Allison, Josh Anderson to Montreal for Ty Domi. The Blue Jackets lose their power forward, a, a player we've seen really, really emerge here uh, before taking a step back last season. But they gain an all-important centerman. They now have a second-line centerman uh, behind Pierre-Luc Dubois. And who knows if, if Domi's going and Dubois not, as we've seen Dubois have sort of ups and downs in his time in Columbus, his early first few years in the league. It, I think it's probably best to look at them both as top six centers and let it sort out from there. But hugely important that the Blue Jackets get a center uh, to move forward here heading into next season. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to say, too, first, as, as you mentioned, of course, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Anderson, we were lucky to follow him 
his entire hockey career from draft on. I mean, I was uh, able to go watch him in the Memorial Cup in 2014, and I think that's a special player. I think he's someone that can be a difference maker. And um, it, it's funny to me. Everyone's like, oh, the shoulder, he's damaged goods. I'm like, well, Zach Wierenski had a damaged shoulder, and sure. yet here we are. So um, I think we should all just challenge ourselves to wish the player well. Um, there doesn't have to be a knock on him as he leaves. Um, but, you know, I think that if we look at the underlying parts of each of these players, um, there's some give and take there, uh, Domi versus Anderson. But obviously, as you say, the positional difference gives the edge um, to Domi as, as a good fit right now as well as that pick, of course. And I think that um, knowing what we what we seem to know about Torts and what he expects out of Pierre-Luc Dubois and what Pierre-Luc Dubois might be able to become, this competition might be a great thing for Dubois as well um, and really help challenge him to take his game to where we've seen glimpses of it most recently in that series against Toronto in particular um, on a really consistent basis and become a a truly top center in the, in the NHL. Yeah. And and you look at Josh Anderson's situation in Columbus, say that everything's fine, say that he re-signs. He is very clearly a right winger as are Bjorkstrand and Atkinson. So yes, I'm not, by any means saying that the Blue Jackets didn't have room for Josh Anderson. You, Everyone has room for that player right? Um, exactly. when he's at his best. But it's hard to look at that on the right side and be okay with that when you've, you look at center ice and you go, oh, my God, like they have got to do something there. There's a, a, a There was a desperate need. I, I tend to think that uh, the Domi acquisition – makes a Alexander Wenberg buyout more likely. And yet, mm-hmm. and yet I, I think it was going that way anyways, if they couldn't trade him. Um, right. So I, I, I still think it goes that way. Uh, I'm not sure how much Domi has to do with it other than they now have their guy. I don't think they thought Wenberg was going to be their guy at the second line center. I think that ship had sailed. So, but they've got their guy now. Domi had a, an explosive first year in Montreal uh, and really became a rock star in that city. Uh, 28 goals, 72 points. And then it fell apart uh, for him this year. I mean, he, he dropped, and, and people in Columbus are, are uh, well up to speed with players not having great years after having good years. It happens. He went to 44 points. And then it, he showed up late to training camp uh, as they got ready to restart the season. There was some reluctance there. Some people thought he may not even play Max Domi because he's he is diabetic, because that is certainly a high-risk category for the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but he was there. And to hear him tell it, there was just not much communication and great confusion on his part. He wants to play center. He's willing to play anywhere, but centers where he feels like he he plays best, and and it's hard for anyone, myself included, to believe that the Canadians are so deep at center that Max Domi doesn't fit anywhere there. Um, but that's sure what it looked like in the in the postseason. Ten games, three points, really not a factor. Uh, that team played great in their qualifying upset of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But then didn't really see much from them in Philadelphia. They need Max Domi to be a difference maker, and he wasn't. So that sort of portended his his exit from Montreal. Um, Allison, one day earlier, Yarmo Kekalainen said he doesn't believe in ultimatums. 
um, that he had not given a hard deadline to Josh Anderson and his camp about negotiating a contract or getting a contract done, I should say, um, as far as if it's not done by now, we're going to move you. Um, yesterday, he signaled that it was made clear to Anderson that if he if they were having issues signing an extension, if he could not be signed to a long-term deal, he was going to be traded. Uh, that is, in its own way, an ultimatum. But I think the bigger issue here is that the market of available center players, centermen, is so thin that Yarmo Kekalainen felt like he needed to act pretty quickly. And when the Canadians put the third-round pick in, uh, that made it all systems go. Uh, your thoughts on just how it how it came to pass and the dynamics around it? Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> excuse me. I think that uh, you know every every move like this has a risk threshold, right? And and Yarmo certainly, as you alluded to, even with the Wenberg situation, certainly could have elongated this process. But it sure helps to have some of these big question marks answered sooner rather than later, particularly going into a draft, going into free agency, going into such a weird season with the cap, getting issues, questions addressed and answered sooner certainly helps. And, you know, while uh, Yarmo clearly said that there is no extension to be announced today, Wednesday, um, with Max Domi, he signaled to us last night that that he's, he's confident that that is going to be an end result of this relationship. And I think, you know, that that's the big difference maker there. Um, it, you know, I, I have always said uh, with Josh Anderson that the, the fundamental question that I needed answered was, does Josh Anderson truly want to be in Columbus? I don't know that we ever got the answer to that question um, publicly, but I think that if that was not answered to the Blue Jackets front office to their satisfaction, it, unfortunately, it makes sense to move on and and Yarmo set his risk threshold at, at now, and I respect that. I think it makes sense. And and now he can move forward fine-tuning this team to what he wants it to be. Yeah. I just feel like these two sides, Anderson and his agent, Darren Ferris. And He's also Domi's agent. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, in one sense, they, they traded from, from one RFA with arbitration rights uh, represented by Darren Ferris to another RFA with arbitration rights represented by Darren Ferris. Um, I, I think it's good to just have a different person that's being discussed. Um, yes. Because it had been a topic for so long. I just think there was a fundamental difference uh, three years ago when they signed Anderson's contract that has that's currently on, uh, on the cusp of expiring. Um, there was a fundamental difference of, okay, yeah, you're a hell of a player, but we have the hammer now. And the Blue Jackets are mm -hmm. one of the few teams that articulates we have the hammer and we're going to hit you over the head with it. Look, we're hitting you over the head with it. Um, <laughs> Here we are hitting most you teams, <laughs> again. <laughs> most teams are a little more subtle with it than yes. that. They have the hammer, but you don't talk about the hammer. You just sort of, you put it on the table, you let the guy see that it's yours. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, and, and since then, I think there's just been a sort of a fundamental disagreement about who the player is or what the player is. Um, and I think that continues today. I think the, there was, as if they needed more difficulty, the idea that he goes from 27 goals, Josh Anderson, to one goal just made it further more difficult to get anything done because I think there was an expectation on the players' part that, come on, you know I'm a 27-goal guy when I'm healthy. And the right. team 
He's saying, I, I see one goal last year in 26 games. Like, uh, you know, what's going on here? And and it just, there wasn't, uh, they just hadn't spoken the same language for a number of years to the point where I, I don't think they end on awful terms, but I think Josh Anderson moves on to the Montreal Canadiens wanting to really stick it to Columbus while not disliking the city, not having any huge personal vendetta, uh, loving his teammates by all accounts. Nick Felino speaks of him like a little brother. Um, but I, I think you're they're going to get a very motivated player in Montreal, and I think Columbus gets that as well with Max Domi. So uh, these are the kind of yeah. trades you like. This is the kind of trade I think you could see coming down Fifth Avenue. Um, it just seemed to fit uh, for all for all parties involved. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What kind of player, Allison, uh, when you look at Max Domi, what, what's there as a player? This is a speedy, skilled, uh, gritty guy, not... You know, old timers like myself hear Domi and think Ty Domi, um, right. who I loved, by the way. Um, but but he, he is not that and never was that. Much more skilled than his old man. Um, but he's a fascinating player with a lot of different sort of uh, talent traits. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, it, it was, it's always interesting to me and we recognize the realities that Columbus is not a team that's consistently on the national, um, international, I should say, hockey um, dashboard. So there was a lot of, oh, we're going to look at points and say Josh Anderson only had one goal last year and he must suck and this is a terrible trade. And, and this is, you know, it's blue. People who have watched this player, this is part of why those of us who say look beyond the points, look beyond the points, say those things. Um, because points aren't necessarily always an, an accurate measure. And to that effect, you know, Domi had a down year, quote unquote, in terms of points last year, but his underlying numbers actually improved, not hugely, but improved. Um, he brings a more offensive upside. He has had great success on the power play. Um, the one thing that I will think is going to be interesting, and I'm, uh, we've talked about this a million times, I'm not going to buy into the narrative of Torts is going to blow this guy out of the water. That is not what I'm saying here. But Domi is a little um, less effective defensively. And particularly when you look at the ask to play down the middle of the ice, um, it's going to be a, a part of his game, particularly in the Blue Jacket system, which I think will start to become more offensively free, given the talent upgrades they're trying to make. There's still going to be that defensive ask. And so mm -hmm. that's something I'm going to watch for, again, particularly given the role that he's being slotted into 
with this team. Um, but if you compare the players apples to apples, it is so close in so many of the measures. You're gaining offense, um, but again, that defensive drop is something that I will be watching closely. Yeah, and, and Torts, you know, has this reputation, but he does work with guys and teach guys quite well. Exactly, 100%. In terms of def- defensive play in this zone. It's not always a a contentious, explosive relationship, although I, I know people are having a chuckle about Max Domi and Torts being together. Um, just speaking to Max yesterday, he seemed thrilled at the idea. He couldn't wait to talk to Torts. He was oddly, oddly, incredibly excited to talk to to John Tortorella <laughs> after he talked to Kekalainen. I loved it. He was on. He had just finished the fifteenth hole and yes, checked his cell phone, Allison, and he's like, "Oh my god! Like I've got like ton of phone calls from Bergevin, the Montreal GM. Yeah. I got a bunch of calls from six one four, Yarmo cell." <laughs> And he did what anybody would do. He finished this round, of course. Um, and then he got to back to making phone calls. Um, but he is um, he he's a charismatic guy. Like his dad was was incredibly so. Um, the kids very much the the same way. A very high energy player. And of course, you know, strangely enough, really really good friends with Josh Anderson, the guy he was traded yeah. for. Um, yeah. Which seems to be the way it works in the in the NHL so often. Um, I mean, we, we you look at this team now. Let's just look at the top two lines, the the candidates: uh, Dubois, Domi down the middle. On the right side, you go Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, in some order. Mm-hmm. On the left side, I think you've you've got Gustav Nyqvist it, penciled into one of those two spots for sure, mm-hmm. and you've got Texier and Felino as candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be either first or second or third line guy. I think those are your top three. Uh, good enough, Allison, or should Jarmo Kekline and still be working more? I mean, it's an improvement, but I do think they should be looking to improve more. Yes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay with them. I'm, o- I'm okay with yeah, them. Yeah, but it's right not great. Now. Like, it's not great yet. It's not. No, great it's yet. not great. It's not great. I think you got to be careful though, because you've got a five and a half million dollar guy. In Felino, perhaps on the third line. If you add another sentiment, it perhaps gives Boone Jenner the chance to move back to the wing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before. If if they can put Boone on one wing and Felino on the other, and add a third line center, well now now I, you really like where you're at. And and I don't yep. mind Boone necessarily even as a second line winger with the right with the right uh, other players. So mm-hmm. there's some. But I, I, you look at the roster today, and again, this is this is by no means saying that this team's better without Josh Anderson. But things fit better right yes. now than they did before. You just you, you can get away with with having centers playing wings. You cannot get away with not having enough centers. And this team's had a dearth of centers uh, for three years now, other than the brief time they had Duchesne. Yes, agree. Yeah, um, don't you said Domi's a good power play guy. Uh, he's shown that, um, but you know, <laughs> the Blue Jackets power play confounds. <laughs> so, it does. Yeah. <laughs> let me uh, let me pull that up where I was. I my login has expired into that system, which is always fun. There we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's. I know, you know, particularly in Montreal, he was ending up down on the second unit, if I recall there, which um, obviously impacts your opportunity. But let me pull this up here. 
do, do, do. Yeah, on the power play, um, he is a significant driver um, of shot quality. Um, when he's on the ice, I'm using HockeyViz.com's impact model, um, which measures in terms of shot quality. Um, and he's above average by almost by more than 10%, um, and also has the op- the ability to draw penalties. So um, you certainly have to think that they're going to try in there. Um, that power play can use any help yes, it can get. So <laughs> I, I, I would think that uh, that's something that the Blue Jackets are certainly going to look at. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Allison. So the the Blue Jackets acquire Max Domi. I'm going to say Ty Domi at some point, but they you acquire are, Max Domi, and that that was the big news earlier in the day. Then they get to the draft, and there was some thought that that Yarmo could be on the move at the draft. He assured earlier in the day, or was it the day before, uh, speaking to the Athletic, that he was for sure going to give his scouts a first-round draft pick. Now, he didn't say it was going to be 21, meaning they weren't necessarily going to keep the pick, but he mm-hmm. wanted a first-round draft pick. And they get to number 21, and some interesting names are there. Hendricks Lapierre, a, a really, really gifted player who's had some injury problems. Uh, Jakob Perot is there. Connor Zeri is there. Um, Ridley Gregg is there. Maverick Bork. I mean, Brendan Brisson. There's some guys that people think pretty pretty highly of and so i've got the the uh the pen uh ready charged and and ready to go the pilot g207 of course and (laughs) and uh, yarmo says we're gonna take igor chinikov and i'm like oh whoa flip to page two not there flip to page three and then i see good friend of the program ryan kennedy of the hockey news say Yes. I have no idea who he is, which is hilarious because this guy knows everything about the draft. I'm like, who in the hell is is Igor Chinikov, and what the hell is Yarmo doing? Because um, hey, this guy was all over the map, 30th among just European skaters in central scouting. Not even on the board for some draft draft gurus, and we'll get into this in a little bit. Doesn't mean they're always right. Doesn't mean they are right. Uh, but it's shocking to see a guy be that high on an NHL team's list and so low almost everywhere else. Now, I'll say this real quickly. Um, I sent out lines yesterday. One team said, eh, it seems a little high, but if you like the player, shoot your shot. Another yep. team said, we had him number 28. And hmm. another Metro team said they had him extremely high, too. Um, your, your response last night, Allison, when the Blue Jackets drafted right winger, Igor Chinikov. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have said this, I am certainly not a draft expert. So, so I turn to those who I know follow these players. Um, it, it, it looks like a reach if you're going on public perception, Um, and and I have to respect that opinion from people who are better talent evaluators than I am at that level and that age. 
Um, things that concern me are that this player is an overager, was draft eligible last year, was not selected. Right. Um, his point production is great this season, but we don't want to look at the short game. We want to look at the long game. Um, things that flip my perspective a little bit, however, um, I'm going to quote um, friend of the show, Jean-Luc Grandpierre um, of Fox Sports Ohio. Um, there's obviously a thread here, a connection with um, you know the former NHL coach Bob Hartley, who was raving about the player. Um, Jean-Luc says, um, per Bob Hartley's words, you know that the player has an elite shot, is improving consistently, um, heavily utilized. Um, and Jean-Luc has played for Coach Hartley and said that that is not a coach that walks around th- throwing compliments. And I'm quoting Jean-Luc. And, and then Jean-Luc made the great point. Remember, Artemi Panarin was never drafted either. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is an organization that tends to, to go zig when everyone expects them to zag. It does feel like a reach. Um, but who? It, it's going to be something to watch. And I think it's going to be a heavily scrutinized um, pick. Um, but I found Yarmo, and, and this is not a, a dig, I found him almost defiant um, last night when people were like, who is this guy? And he was like, I can't believe you don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah, right, right. Um, he loves so, that. He loves it. Yeah, he, he, totally. So um, I, I was surprised the people whose opinions I trust seem to lend caution with this pick. Um, some suggest it's the biggest reach of the first round. Um Time will tell. Yarmo finds talent where others don't always. They've had some unique connections to find talent in Russia. We look at the young goaltender, Daniil Tarasov, who no one was paying attention to, and now everyone is saying is perhaps one of the most talented goaltending prospects out there. So so we shall see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't have to look too hard to think of Yarmo draft surprises. Uh, right. <laughs> Tarasov was a bit of a surprise. Yes. Um, really, Alexander Texier, I think a lot of teams like Texier, but nope, they didn't have the balls to draft him. Agree. And Yarmo takes him second round 45. Those are, so far, I mean, Texier looks like a player. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarasov, again, is a, a prospect star, what prospects are, but he looks like a hell of a prospect. It's a prospect. And this this one wasn't, you got to be careful with this one because he didn't go way off the board to take Dubois. But right. everyone thought right. they would take Puglia Yarvi in the spot right. where they took Dubois. So that was a surprise, too. That was a zig instead of a zag. But it wasn't. Yeah. This one was like, who? Like, right. So, right. you know, the threat there, and, and Yarmo articulated this a couple times, um, he has learned that if you really, really like a guy, and, mm-hmm. and so they, they build their lists. You'd be surprised at how different each team's list looks like I, I think some are probably drastically different than the others and so Yarmo and his crew had uh, Chinikov in their top 10 which means there's a lot of names crossed off their big board list and there's one name sitting up there near the top he would tell us exactly where uh, but that stands out like a sore thumb and the one thing he's learned uh, and he articulated this twice is like if you want a guy and there's a guy that you thought should have gone much earlier and he's still there and you really, really like him, don't trade back because there's a chance somebody else really, really likes him too. He had opportunities to trade back. He said as much. Uh, and he didn't take those opportunities because he feared losing the player. Um, so something you have to consider. One thing I'll say, and and I'll try to keep this short because it's a topic I'm passionate about, 
Uh, and I, I'm not an, I'm not a big college football fan or an Ohio State football fan, but I always use this as the example. Several years ago, there was a quarterback from Northeast Ohio named Justin Zwick, who <laughs> from the time he was 16 years old, people fell over themselves trying to find the superlative that was that was strong enough to tell you how great a player he was. Mm-hmm. And all you heard, this kid is almost NFL ready before he gets to Ohio State, right? I mean, yep. crazy, huge arm, uh, great pocket poise, all of these things. Blue, the uh, Buckeyes land him, and I can't remember what year it was, what draft class that was, but it was huge news that Justin Swick, one of the most sought-after quarterbacks in the country, was coming to Ohio State. Meanwhile, there was an athlete an athlete, and I use that term specifically because that's the position he came to Ohio State playing. Troy Smith, athlete. And nobody thought he was going to be a quarterback at Ohio State except Troy Smith, right? And then you get on the, the football field and you watch them play. Troy Smith was an incredible college football player. Mm-hmm. Justin Zwick couldn't play at that level of of college football it was had no chance of being in the pros and i i think what happens is and i think you see it in all sports it's not unique to to any of them a guy gets pegged in a certain area justin zwick elite and the next guy making his mock draft or his draft comparisons can't possibly have the guts to say i don't think he can play right right right. and nhl teams and pro scouts do this sort of thing all the time where they may have a guy at eight that another team has at 55 and they may have a guy at 22 that another team has at 310, but they're not all shaping their lists to conform loosely to other lists that are there as a defense mechanism to making themselves look silly. Um, so when you look at these mock drafts that people put together, and again, I, I love them. I freaking love drafts. It doesn't matter what sport it is. I read them all the time. But no one has a guy going early first, and then another guy has him going late fourth. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It, there's I do. there's conformity. It, thoughts on on my ramble there, Allison? Well, I mean, I I do. I think it's human nature that yep. You know, if 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 I'm evaluating something, something that might be new or fresh, I'm going to kind of look around to those I trust and say, Am I hitting this? Do you agree? Like, am I totally off base here? So I think that's human nature, and I think that's fine. I also think, and I say this with full respect to scouts and those who do these evaluations, because as I already said, I am not skill, as skilled as they are in that part of this game, but you can't possibly know every single player. You just can't. No, no. It's just impossible. Um, and I will also say that, I mean, do you think Yarmo Kekalainen is not aware of how important it is that he get first round picks at least remotely right. Yeah, right. Um, right. You know, you know this this isn't a guy who's just like, "Ah, we'll see who cares. Maybe, maybe not." Um so yeah, it, it's a crazy pick. Um but there is a bit of groupthink that goes on in all things. It's exactly like what I talked about earlier where the majority of people who have not watched Josh Anderson play look at his point totals and go, this is an injured guy who had one goal. That's not right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So um, I want to, again, reiterate full respect to talent evaluators who have seen this player, full respect to those who evaluate prospects far better than I ever can. Um, but 
you also have to give credit to the Blue Jackets scouting team. Say they think they know what we're doing and only will only know in a few years from now. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm never going to bash a pick for that reason. It looks interesting. It looks different. It goes against the grain, but I'm not going to say it's insane. We have to see. Yeah. Well, I always think this, like it doesn't, and I don't believe for a minute that these teams don't look at what the other draft services say about players. Sure. I think they do just out of pure interest. I do. And I don't mean to minimize the work that, that the, the um, scouting report services do it's informed it's helpful they're passionate 100%. about it and it's it's entertaining 100%. as hell um it's informative as hell it's great and we take from it all the time in our draft prep um and our draft coverage um so it, but yeah it, it one the thing that bothers that bothers me is not those people being outraged by picks yes but people who have i have never seen Igor Chinikov. Right. I've never exactly. heard of him before last night. I, to be critical of the pick, and honestly, I've I've seen very few of these players, if any of them, play live. Yes. I don't think I've seen any of them play live. I don't think most NHL beat writers have seen any of them play live. Right. Um, and so we're forming very many people in these drafts form really strong opinions about things that are fairly weakly sourced. Um, and so I think you got to be careful with that. Uh, one last topic to get to the Blue Jackets, and I think this is interesting. You could say that their top prospects are almost all Russian. Mm-hmm. And they added to that last night. Yes. Um, so you go, you know, we talked about Tarasov. Uh, you go Kirill Marchenkov. You go Dmitry Voronkov. Uh, you go, uh, it, I think you go Igor Chinikov. Um, mm-hmm. For elite prospects. I mean, it's interesting. I wonder if they up their, their uh, Russian uh, presence in terms of player development. And I'm not joking because they've got so many guys over there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, and I, you know, I hinted at this earlier as well. This is just like they had hidden skill in evaluating goaltending that other organizations didn't seem to maximize. What I read in this, and I have not asked this question directly, this is an organization right now that feels like it might have a little bit of a corner on the Russian market in terms of finding talent, maybe that other people aren't looking at. Um, But it really is an interesting choice. Uh, for sure. I think we should go to Russia. I would love to go to Russia. Not right now. Honestly. Not right now. Well, I don't want to go anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think there's a story there. Yes. Yes. Agree. The red Agree. the red jackets, if you will. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Uh, anything else, Allison? We got round two today. Yes. Uh, Max I- Domi to speak here shortly. We got him yesterday, but we'll see what he has to say this morning as, as well. You were going to say? Yep, just I think, and, and um, you've written on this, but just a couple updates. We know that Alexander Texier has changed um, where he will be playing. He's going to stay um, in France, um, back with Grenoble, um, so that he can continue to be close to his family situation. But he has um, terminated his agreement um, where he was going to originally play. And, and also, as you noted, uh, Cole Sherwood not going to be playing overseas just yet. Um, 
waiting to see how that pans out. Just wanted to keep those updates here as well as in writing as you've already delivered them. Yep. Well, good to say. And uh, Devin Shore, not qualified, I think probably the the news of that group, the player they acquired for uh, Filatov at the trade deadline. I don't think anyone expected him to be qualified at 2.3 million, but uh, he will be a free agent along with a few others of their few other uh, minor leaguers. Uh, Second round draft picks, Ryan Collins and Paul Bittner also not qualified. So um, yeah, more of those this year than ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Allison, thanks for your time as always. Uh, Blue Jackets fans, thanks for listening. Thanks to our producer, Danielle Chip Lehman. Uh, Thanks to David Cook for that awesome theme music. We'll be back with you on Friday or perhaps earlier if there's big news to report. Uh, We will talk to you then. Thanks so much.